1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
2: Welcome to Face
1: to Face.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.
2: Welcome to another edition of Face to Face. We are sitting in, um, Dr. Jason Lemieux and myself sitting in, a, I'm, I'm leaning on a massage table actually. Uh, at the physio Oakville, table, we'll phy- call it physio sorry, table. Physio yeah, table. Yeah, no worries. Uh, we are at uh, the PhysioMed Clinic in in Oakville. Dr. Jason Lemieux is my guest today. We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, physiotherapy, probably holistic medicine, a whole lot of things that uh, certainly interest me. Thanks for joining us. No, my pleasure. Um, uh, Dr. Lemieux has, uh, is a, uh, a trained chiropractor. Like I said, he's got a clinic here in Oakville. He's, uh, from what I understand, a bit of a scratch golfer. I don't no, know. No, I wish. Yeah, no, no. no. <laughs>
1: I'm a single digit handicap, but definitely not scratch.
2: I don't know. In yeah. the summertime, Jason, you're not here a whole lot. I'm an addict. <laughs> is it? Just you're, because you're I play a lot
1: of golf does not mean I play fantastic <laughs> the, golf. Right, right.
2: No, I understand. Uh, I played for about five years when I was working uh, with the Royal Bank in Toronto and it was awesome because it was all free golf that's the and best golf was, boy, just some really great courses nice. and that's when I got good mm-hmm. well, relatively well, totally like yeah, yeah. nobody's yeah. good, we it all just great. played uh, yeah. Yeah, for fun so when, when I first asked you to do this uh, I, I actually, uh, for you, uh, those of you out in, in uh, podcast land this is uh, a great clinic so I'm going to put in the odd little uh, plug here uh for for jason and what they're doing here i'm a patient here as well and i asked jason about this several months back would he be open to a podcast an interview and kind of drove away wondering I, I wonder what we will talk about and then started to just reflect a little bit on it and i mean there's just so many metaphors there's mm-hmm. so many you know i look i'm looking up over here the your shoulder here uh, the muscular system uh, this sort of 3d diagram that on one level is kind of creepy mm-hmm. and on another level is deeply fascinating sure um I don't know where I want to start, but I think let's, let's just talk about the body for a second. Sure. Um, and then I want to talk about, a little bit about why you chose chiropractic medicine, mm-hmm. or, which I think what you would call, from our earlier conversation, a practical medicine. Sure. Or, or one of the Physical practi- medicine. Physical yeah. medicine, yeah. Really, why you chose that. But is is the body, um, in a way, irreducibly complex? So, in other words, you know, you got a mousetrap. You don't have the, the spring on the most trap it's not a most trap right. right i mean you can cut the arm off and still be a body but i sure. guess the question i'm asking is how deeply connected is it all it sure seems like it is
1: oh i you mean know? It, it, infinitely i mean there's yeah. all kinds of research that links you know emotional status psychological status to physical events you know people that can have psychological stress and then manifest itself in physical symptoms so there's always this mind body connection that may be difficult to to quantify or to uh, to make an objective kind of statement about, but uh, yeah, the body is a remarkable thing, and, and I kind of look at it two ways. I mean, yeah, you could be as, you know, we can make it as complicated as you want in terms of you, you know, speak to a nephrologist and get down to the actual, like, you know, cellular level. metabolism. Yeah, Well, that's, that's true, right. <laughs> I have so, a long you know, list of Exactly, yeah, you know, we've discussed that, so yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, the body can be as complex as you want it. it, it we could say that it's probably the most uh, amazing engineering feat, you know, ever. We didn't do it's, it, right? It's pretty but it, remarkable. It's you unbelievable. Know? It yeah. really when you, is. When it's you...
2: crazy what's going on, and I know nothing about it. Today. Right, well, and, <laughs> and,
1: and I mean, you could say that none of us really know, yeah. and nobody knows everything about it. There are always, you know, finding new things. Hey, they just discovered a new ligament in the knee, right? I mean, people have been practicing medicine for a couple hundred years, and this year they're like oh hey by the way you know we missed this uh this you, ligament in the knee okay
2: hang on how do you miss the little sidetrack how do you miss a ligament in the knee i mean it's a fantastic how many knees question
1: yeah well i mean so actually like Hundreds, you know thousands. cadavers dissected yeah. mris whatnot and it's uh yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty astounding how, uh, you know, I went through chiropractic college, I worked in the anatomy lab while I was in school, absolutely loved it. So to your point when you said, hey, I'm looking at that chart of the muscles and, you know, the anatomy and it's it's borderline it's like a, creepy, but it's interesting. It's like a character out of a Clive Barker Sure, film. there you go. <laughs> I, I've always just found it super fascinating and I've always been really interested yeah, in it. yeah. And my anatomy professors in chiropractic college were, they were brilliant. I mean, I just thought they were, I held them on great esteem. There was one, this one Dr. Bacham was just amazing. I mean, their knowledge of the body was unbelievable. But, you know, even to that point, they, you know, we never talked about this. Oh, hey, by the way, there might be, you know, an extra ligament on the outside of your knee. Um, But the, I want to say they were Swedish or Belarusian. I can't remember, but anyway, there were some in Europe, they just a couple of months ago put out a paper Saying that they had discovered, you know, in, in like ninety-seven percent of the cadavers that they were looking at, they found this anterior lateral ligament of the knee. So not, hey, one in a hundred people have this. They found it ninety-seven percent of the cadavers. So that's uh, that's pretty amazing when you think of how many hundreds, thousands of people have gone through medical school, chiropractic college, just doing uh, anatomy so classes. So is that a
2: is that a lesson in in, in um, you know, there's a there's a philosopher of science by the name of Ian Hacking who says you know, in order to look through a microscope. You can't just look through a microscope. You have to do it hundreds of times to know how to look through a microscope, sure, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah, no, I'm Because you don't know what to look for. Yeah. Well, it seems to me somebody doing a, a, a dissection of a body probably knows what they're looking for. And mm-hmm. yet, if you don't know
1: what that ligament looks like, like I'm, I'm
2: stunned by this.
1: And, and as was I, but if, <laughs> this no, is
2: like breaking news.
1: No, you know, you know? Yeah, it is. It was pretty, it definitely threw health professionals for a little yeah, bit of a loop because they're like, hey, why did you not know about this? Like, well, none of us did. But to your point, yeah, yeah. if I'm. If I don't know what I'm looking for, right? I, I mean, the way that we were taught is, hey, here's an anatomy textbook, yeah, you know, and it was right. basically here are all the structures in the knee. Let's start dissecting this cadaver and let's find all these. As structures. if they've
2: already all been all found.
1: Exactly, right? And wow. uh, and apparently so, this you know, ligament this is cool, right? This ligament was, uh, it was theorized to exist. By, if that's a good word, I don't know. But yeah, it, yeah, there, yeah, there sure. was, uh, it, it was, uh, it was first written about back in I think 1897 where somebody had actually said, oh, by the way, there's this extra, so for anyone that knows anatomy and the, the listening audience, but you have a lateral collateral ligament of the knee which runs down the, kind of vertically down the outside of your knee. And in the late 1800s, somebody said, well, there's another ligament that runs obliquely to that. Um, but then after that, there was no real reference to it. Nobody ran with it, it just kind of disappeared. If right. you were to buy any anatomical model or look in any anatomy textbook, this anterior lateral ligament of the knee is, is not mentioned. Um, but now thanks to these, uh, scientists, these, you know, people in Europe, they've, they've said that no, it exists. So yeah, if you're looking on to rewrite all the textbooks, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, so somebody, somebody's probably happy, uh, Gray's anatomy. is probably, probably, probably probably excited about that or whatever they can put out new editions. But, uh, but yeah, if you don't know what you're looking for, you don't know, look for something, then yeah, you don't find it. So to me, this is a
2: great, I mean, what a perfect segue into this kind of science Mm -hmm. or this kind of, um, practice. You know, being a chiropractor, being a, what I would call a, more of a holistic doctor in a sense. You know, you you already talked about the mind body thing, sure. That split, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a favorite thing. Or of not mind, split. Or, or not split. Yeah, well, exactly right. And so so I was trained in in in, in philosophy. I mean, re, re, having read Plato and Descartes and others, and I refer to these guys a lot because I think they're to blame for some of this mind body split that we find this dualism sure. in the world, this either or on off black white mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. stuff that we all deal with. And so, you know, you've already made reference to it kind of being, you know, in sync. Or, yeah. or maybe not in sync, and that's when a body gets out of sure. whack. Yeah. Um, would you
1: say that... Are you a hard, you a hard scientist? It's a great question. Um, I definitely like to have... I don't like to give people my opinion. I like to deal in fact. I like to right. be on yep. solid ground. Um, but at the same time, I understand that there is a certain limit to what we can hardcore prove black or white, right? When people are, uh, for example, I had a conversation through a friend of mine, um, kind of a third-party conversation with an orthopedic surgeon. And uh, as we were talking about maybe some different ideas in terms of treating certain conditions, the the what kind of killed the conversation was... Well, where's the published pub, published research about right. this? Yeah. Well, show me the journal. Where did this? Right. What yeah. Where, was you know, it where's the peer reviewed literature yeah. about it? Well, we're talking about something. It's a new idea, so you know there's there is no research for it right now, and especially in physical medicine, um, it's pretty difficult to turn to a study on everything and say, well, this study, you know, 100% categorically proves this treatment is effective. I mean, when we look at traditional allopathic medicine, if someone's gonna Go to their doctor and find out they have high cholesterol. You know, to do a study where, you know, they find people with high cholesterol, they give them a pharmaceutical intervention, and then they test their blood, you know, eight months later, and, and see that their cholesterol is lowered. I guess you could make the conclusion that hey, this intervention lowered their cholesterol.
2: Vitamin D. I just read a big vitamin report D. on vitamin D. This, sure. That it's a bunch of BS. The 270 supposed separate studies now. You're say actually that, the second person yeah, today to, gold, to mention that. Globe to me. and Mail a couple days ago. Right. Uh, it, it, it's now supposedly doesn't stop. Like, it's just because you don't have vitamin D doesn't mean you're going to get a fatal disease. Sure. So, pumping vitamin D back into your body, there's no direct link to it mm. stopping you from getting. But what about the 276 study? Right. right. I mean, what about this ligament we just found? Sure. Exactly.
1: <laughs> right. And you have to take everything in context, yeah. right? And so, yeah. especially when we get to you know things like the nutritional industry and supplements and yeah, I mean, there's you walk into a health store and there's hundreds it's, if it's not thousands of products, yeah. right? Yeah. And if we take everybody at their word, you should be taking all of it, right? If we're going to yeah. take everyone yeah, at sure. their word, yep. and you just yep. you can't do it financially; that'd be crippling. You'd be spending yep. thousands of dollars on yep. supplements. So you have to backtrack and think, you know, what's realistic? And I actually almost. I take vitamin D. Yeah, Uh, so so do I. you know, why? I have done for years. I live north of the Carolinas, right? And so if we think, you know, I'm a golfer, love to play golf, I'm outdoors a lot in the summer, uh, and you get thousands of international units from sun exposure in terms of the vitamin D that your body has during the summer. But as soon as, you know, where we live, as soon as November hits, I mean, we're waiting on 15 centimeters of snow, right? We're not going to see a a a strong... You know, UV ray until like maybe, you know, in In March, March. April, or May. (laughs) That's right. So I usually recommend to people... Like living on the dark side of Mars. There you go. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Like, I can understand why people first came to this part of the world in June or July and said, wow, this is beautiful. Yes. But by the time mid-December and January hit, how they didn't say... We've made a colossal blunder. Oh, we got to get with out of people here. All the time. Yeah, um, yeah it's what a, a major screw up. Right. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the area that yeah, I live in. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. I mean, I, I think so.
2: Funny. I, I I just got back from Cambodia. I was emailing a woman that I was working with there, and I mentioned to her, I don't know, two weeks ago in an email, that uh, Fatihli is her name. Wonderful, lovely lady, woman, young woman, and uh, I said something about snow, and she responds with like. Exclamation marks and oh, that must be so wonderful in living in your country with snow. And mm-hmm. I so didn't want to crush her right. enthusiasm yeah, she's got of this course romantic she's never seen snow. snow. Yeah. And I said, no, you know what? I, I just so wanted to tell it. it really isn't that great. You know, yeah. two weeks is nice. Believe it's, me, yeah, I can You got to like, trust me on this. One. Right,
1: the twenty fourth of December <laughs> to maybe the second of January is not bad. <laughs> be and delightful I'm yeah. Not a skier, so outside of that, yeah. I don't really, uh, yeah. I don't really need it.
2: You, uh, you must see an awful lot of winter injuries. Uh, a sure. lot of injuries as a whole yeah um, uh, i think that I'm, I'm so taken with this missing ligament mm-hmm. it's just gonna this is gonna be i'm gonna be it's thinking gonna about this one it's gonna, this haunt, is gonna body, haunt me yeah. for a while it's fantastic yeah. so so talk about that irreducibly complex notion or that mysterious notion about the body i mean you know you you, you don't call yourself maybe a hard scientist but you like facts for uh, sure which makes I think projects. I just understand
1: the limits of of what we can you know prove one hundred percent.
2: Sure. Well, this is what I'm trying to get yeah. at. I think you know chiropractor. I think from what I know of a chiropractor, a little more holistic. Sure. Look at the whole picture. Not Would so like much about the mind so. body split. You know, looking at food, looking at diet, looking at sure. exercise. You know, different lifestyle, which sure. I find you know a lot of doctors do not. I think mm-hmm. they're becoming way more aware of it. No, absolutely. And, and
1: like anything, you're going to see. You know, you're going to see some in any field. You're going to see some people that practice one way, some that another. I mean, lawyers get a bad rep in terms of you know the stereotype of a lawyer, but you're going to have some that are phenomenal, and you're going to have some that maybe yeah, sure. are different, and it's going to be no different than any discipline. And I know when, one of the things I, I tell patients a lot, I was actually having a conversation with someone last night about uh, the fact that actually I, was, we, I do seminars for the other physio-med clinics to help train their staff, and one of the things we talked about was you know, I could I could go to any uh, medical office in North America, and if I went in and said, look, I feel pretty good, but I, I would just like to get checked out, you know, proactively. Like, I, I feel good, but I haven't had a checkup in a while. They are, there are certain things that they will do automatically, right? They will look at my heart rate. They'll look at my blood pressure. They may look at my cholesterol, my resting blood sugar. There are certain things that they're going to assess to see if they fall into normal ranges. Um, and then based on that, regardless of whether I feel good or not, they'll make you know recommendations. So if I come in and I, I end up having high blood pressure, they may say, "Hey, we want to start by you know some lifestyle changes, exercise. Are you exercising? Diet, whatnot, to help with the blood pressure." Or they might make some pharmaceutical recommendation. Whatever. That's not important. What what bothers me is the fact that there's very little cor there's very little correlation uh, to how we move with that. Meaning, someone could come in feeling good, but they're overweight. You know, they don't move. Their body doesn't move well. You know, from the fact that they probably sit in front of a, if they're in North America, they sit in front of a desk most of the day, or they're in their car most of the day. I mean, you just described a day that you drove from yeah. Toronto to Hamilton and back in a yeah. snowstorm. In so, a snowstorm, yeah. right? So you're um, sitting on for the phone, probably hours. Probably posture. Right, exactly. Bad posture. So we have these uh, very accepted norms for blood pressure, heart rate, whatnot. But as I said before, with physical medicine, a lot of times there isn't that that same standard. Meaning to be a normal human being or to be a healthy human being which that question what is healthy that's that always comes up it's a biggie. lot yep. yeah so to be a, a healthy human being in north america typically the medical model is going to look at do you have normal blood pressure normal heart rate normal blood sugar normal cholesterol we don't really spend enough time on do you move properly do you hip hinge from your hips do you have good core stability do you have good postural endurance regardless of whether you have symptoms like do you move well And I'd say, because you asked, oh, you must see a lot of winter injuries. We see injuries throughout the entire year because people's bodies just don't move well. And if you ask your body to move a lot when you don't move well, you're going to get hurt. And would
2: you say that's pretty pretty, pretty kind of a generic assessment? We Mostly we don't move well?
1: Oh, absolutely. Because of the industrialized kind of, hey, I'm I'm sitting in an office. I I, I don't move enough. And so our body starts to develop these postural changes, and that, that becomes catastrophic, right? Yeah, and when we yeah. look at it, I mean any any studies, if we go back to kind of the hard science thing, yeah. you know, you're going to want to have longitudinal data on something. Hey, I want to study this for like 30 years sure. to know yeah, like what's sense. going on. Well, I mean, you know, in terms of having computers and sitting in front of desks and whatnot, like we're really just getting it's to kind new. of that yeah. relatively new, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know sure the first is. computer that my family got that was worth using no, I was probably 16 years old when yeah. we got one that was worth using. And even Commodore, then, I didn't... Yeah, Commodore. Commodore 64, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, it's... you know big it, fla- The big floppy drive. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, I had a friend that had the old cassette drive, right? Wow. The old, you yeah. know, the, the yeah, tape yeah. drive sure. and whatnot. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I grew up the majority of my childhood not having, you know, that video game system where you would spend hours yeah, sure. in front of it. Yeah. And definitely yeah. when you left school, we were, we were far more active. So now it's only in the last, you know, really maybe 20, 30 years... Uh, that people have become chained to the computer, chained to their phone, you know, tablets or you know, within the last yeah, five years. TV. So now we start seeing that, you know, even younger individuals now come into the clinic with conditions and symptoms of, you know, somebody that before would have been an office worker for 20 years, right? Because they've lived right. their whole life right. in these really posturally stressful positions. So the, well, the average population is getting deconditioned. There was actually, again, talking about the hard science, there was a, a study that came out. Uh, that was looking at the fact that even active individuals are sedentary. Meaning that if someone were to... In
2: in today's sort of Western culture. Absolutely,
1: right? If we were to look at somebody that, you know, they work a nine-to-five job in an office, and then they go home, and even if that person works out an hour a day, seven days a week... Right? We'd say that person's really active. I would say that person's pretty active. Oh, right? absolutely. If you're at a dinner party and you're asking your friends, you know, who works out, you may have some that say, yeah, I do something once a week, two, three times a week. You know, if one of the, your friends says, well, actually, I work out for about an hour every day, seven days a week. You'd say, wow, that's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. What's well, seven hours throughout the week? They may sit in front of their computer for eight hours in one right. day. Right. Right? Right. So, well, what I remember I, when I worked
2: in construction, I mean, I think on some levels I was less healthy probably, mm-hmm. but on some uh, levels, I mean, way more active. Sure. Moving a lot yeah. more, probably drinking more water because sure. you're sweating more outside. Yeah. Usually on a ladder carrying something up Absolutely. the stairs, no elevators in the buildings we worked in, yeah. right? So, yeah, I mean, and, and, and then I would come home and... and you know, do Relax. more of the couch potato. Sure, thing. yeah, yeah, but, but typically, and, and it's probably true that. Yeah. I mean, I what I say to somebody who worked at an hour a day, I said, "Where the heck do you find that kind of time?" Sure, well, there's that's what there, I would say. There's that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not everybody yeah. has
1: that. Uh, not but, everybody has that available to them, yeah. especially with kids and whatnot. yeah,
2: it's so hard. And yet, you're absolutely right. An hour a day is not that active.
1: Right, and. and I mean, it's it, obviously it's yeah. active, but when we look at what happens for the rest of the day, and right. that becomes right. really important. There's you know a what? phrase that comes out now where we say sitting is the new smoking, right? So <laughs> well, I
2: have not heard that yeah, phrase. Yeah, it's, That's it's awesome. you know, sitting
1: is the new smoking. So I, I'd love to TM that, but that was not. I, I don't even know who came up that first, but I've heard it from you know multiple sources that sitting is the new smoking. Um, it, and it, it goes to the point that yeah you can be as active as you want either before or after your work day but if your day you know has you sitting for hours on end yep. you're still sedentary yep. and so trying to educate people on the fact that you know if i were to ask you what is the most amount of time you should spend sitting before you get up and move what would you say
2: yeah, I think I'm going to say, I'm going to cheat because I've been coming here for a right. while. Right, yeah, so hopefully... I would have been. said several hours probably before, before, maybe an hour. But now we say 20, 20 minutes. 20 minutes, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So and and, and so we
1: better. do, you know, corporate talks to different offices and sure. we'll be in, Right, because you know, now you got liability issues, right? You've sure. got workman's comp yeah. and so on that you can talk about. And yeah, so we talk to their... And even just, um, you know, to their, to their credit, a lot of companies want their workforce to be healthy and so sure. they'll do lunch and learns and whatnot. And so we go and talk to them. I ask that question all the time. know how long should you sit in front of your computer before you have to get up and i mean the answers are astonishing that people give i have some people that'll say oh you know, probably like 15 20 minutes where we're like hey fantastic that's bang on we'll have other people say what probably two three hours yeah yeah, yeah, you know, and that's just that's just not enough. What, right? do call,
2: so. what do you call those kinds of injuries? Is that like a repetitive injury? Would that be you know you, that that sort of burn in the arm when you've been using your mouse too long? Or sure, that, yeah, yeah. Repetitive core, stress is repetitive a good stress. one.
1: But you know, I would just say that that lack of movement or there's a process in the body, or there, it was defined as and the words aren't important, but they talk about creep, hysteresis, and set. So small right. words and big words. Right. Yeah. Creep just being this slow static stress. Right? So as I sit here, we'd say, well, as I'm sitting in this chair, like that's not very stressful, but I've got my hips are in a certain position, my knees are in a certain position, and if we go more than 20 minutes with the joint in the same position, I'm, I'm, I'm subjecting it to a very low load force, but over this magnitude of time. right? If I get up after 20 minutes and, and move around a little bit and sit back down, okay, it's not the end of the world. But if we're in this position for 40 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half, two hours well when we go to get up most people find as we adjust our posture yeah, as we're sitting yeah, here yeah. most people get up and they're like man do i ever feel yeah, stiff I'm just, oh i get yeah. getting old you can actually yeah. go there's, a, there's an actual medical term called cinema sign where people would hmm. get knee pain after watching a movie because if you sat in a movie theater for a solid two hours not moving sure. i'm going to see yeah. the hobbit tonight it's 240
2: yeah. in two yeah, hours yeah, and 40 yeah, minutes yeah, right yeah,
1: yeah. so i mean we subject ourselves to this prolonged sitting Uh, and our bodies were never meant to do that. Cartilage gets fed by movement. Our body is designed to move, and if we don't move enough, then we're going to find that we get all kinds of problems.
2: So, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit before about this whole idea of incremental change. That's kind of my thing. Little things making a big difference. It's certainly something that I've uh, thought a great deal about and speaking about these days and writing about and so on, and I'm not certainly the the first one to talk about it, but I think, you know... On a certain level, you know, uh, we don't believe in little things making a big difference. You know, that Mm -hmm. domino theory. And yet, you know, we went to war in Vietnam over domino theory and so on. How much of this stuff really for you is, uh, would you say, the, 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 you know, what is it? It takes X amount of time to to learn a habit, but, you know, forever to break it. Sure. Um, You know, it's the, you know, a little bit more water intake is going to make a difference. Sure. But if you walk just a few more minutes a day, you know, these kinds of things, this incremental change for you... From a holistic, I guess I fall
1: on, you know, not to sound like a flip flopper, but I guess I fall on both sides of the fence. I, I definitely believe that the awareness and the education of, yeah, you know, small things do make a huge difference. So the person that is sitting in their desk all day long, you know, understanding that every twenty minutes, we call it the twenty twenty rule. I'm probably not the first one to to coin that. I know even in uh, for eye health, they talk about the twenty 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 rule, where every twenty minutes. You've got to look at something twenty feet away for twenty seconds instead hmm. of staring right in front of your computer. Right. We look at it; we'll shorten it to the twenty twenty rule for the body, where every twenty minutes you got to get up for twenty seconds. Oh, I see. Right. because yep. so, yep. people say, "Well, I'm so busy at work, I can't take it." I'm not telling you you need to take a ten minute break. I'm just telling you you got to break that position that you've been in and kind of reset the body so you can sit back down. Yeah. yeah. So I think those small things can make a big difference. Now, is that going to keep someone to be in the, like, the perfect right. health that they need to be? No. Right. But it can at least start to make huge changes yeah. in terms of yeah. the chronic low back pain that they get or the chronic knee yep. pain that yep. they get. So whereas I believe absolutely that these small, minute changes can make huge differences, I also get frustrated when I hear of research that tells someone, you don't need to lift weights. You, know, you can just walk a half hour you know every other day and, and you'll be fine
2: yep. and I, I
1: just think that that sets the bar really really low on what our health should be <laughs> so whereas i agree and i think we were talking earlier about a patient of ours that uh very fit individual uh exercises or enti- you know her entire life long history of exercise but also a long history of chronic low back pain and when we started working with her we made what i would say is the most minute change to her workout routine in terms of you know we probably had her correct the position of her pelvis by you know if we were to analyze it in three dimensions we probably changed her pelvic position by like 10 degrees maybe not even Uh, but that small little change all of a sudden these exercises she was performing before that would create tremendous pain she was able to do pain-free and it kind of frustrated her that she was like, "Wait a minute! I've been doing this for right. years, you mean and this is, like, this is all it was. This all it was. This small little change, you yeah. know. And, and now she's able to do these exercises oh. without pain. Yeah, that's but true. her body would default to what was easiest for her to do." and that resulted in too much stress on her low back and would create pain well I so. know with the yoga that I, I do now once a week if I miss it I really hate
2: it and mm-hmm. it's, been a, it's been a tough thing for me to discipline myself to go Sundays for a 90 minute session sure but I fi- find from a meditative it's a sort of yoga that I mostly yep. do so you know holding positions for a lengthy period of time so supposedly you're supposed to focus on your breath right mm-hmm.
1: absolutely i can
2: focus on my breath for all of about four seconds sure yeah. and i'm thinking about the lord of the rings yeah sequel, there you go and yeah. i'm thinking about the craziest things mm-hmm. right so uh re- recently read a book on buddhism and, and this guy's talking buddhism for buddy busy people it's nice. called, which is his sorry i read, I read
1: a bu- I, one of my favorite books is called zen golf it <laughs> right. applies buddhism to well golf, probably right?
2: similar principles yep. but he talks about how when he first started doing breathing techniques he couldn't get any higher than about four Mm-hmm. and then he would be thinking about something else job to do tomorrow got to get to bed the kids the this the that so he started by counting to four while he was focusing so we're talking about a pretty small incremental change sure to i don't know where where he wound up uh, from a meditative point of view yeah. but ultimately it did actually help him in the in the bigger picture sure right from a from a health perspective it's mm-hmm. i find that stuff fascinating that yeah. some of those oh, it is. And,
1: uh, and again being a golfer and golf being a lot mental like that that book of looking at you know yeah mentally yes. like where is my mind and Miscon- exact- misconceptions well, about meditation. All about the little things. Right? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, if you're, yeah. you stand in oh, the wrong way, yeah, yeah. or if yeah, you your forehead faces you off hit, by whatever. a degree and a half, <laughs> or whatever, and my whole life falls apart, <laughs> right? right? So, yeah. But you know, to the to the point of meditation, I think a lot of people misinterpret, you know, what it is, and you know the. This, you'll hear people say, oh, I have a, such a hard time clearing my mind. Yes. Well, right, because you can't, right? right. you yeah, yeah. You're never going to, your mind's never going to be blank, yeah, right? Yeah. I think they, uh, I think the way that they kind of described it in Zen Golf, and I'm probably, you know, not describing it perfectly, but y- your mind's never going to be a blank sheet. But if you looked at, you know, even just looking at the sky, you know, it's, you acknowledge the clouds are there, but you're not focused on them. Right. right, it's this right. non-judgmental right. observation right. Right. kind of thing. Yeah. Right, it's like yeah, well, I acknowledge kind of at the peace. stuff. There, yeah, well, you're exactly. That kind of piece with the way things are, it's a level of acceptance. Right, and I'm just not focused on any yeah, kind of making one judgments. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm yeah. not. My, I, yeah. I'm not. But yeah, the the idea that your mind's going to be blank. I yeah. mean, if you're looking to kind of achieve that, that it's probably yes. not going to happen. Probably not going to happen
2: anytime too soon. Um, well, I know from my own life. I mean, with some of the work that you guys have done with me here and and, and so on, just. My postural habits mm-hmm. have been so bad. Mm-hmm. Because I'm 6'2", yeah. I, I, uh, I've i compensated for the shorter people in the room. Sure. I yeah. mean, that maybe sounds crazy, well, but no, it's true. But we see now, it that's all my the own time. insecurity probably coming through. And sure. so I'm in a, in a party setting, and I'll slouch yeah. because I want to be a little lower down. Yeah. Or I'm sitting in a movie theater for 2 hours and 40 minutes. You don't want I, to disrupt I, the person behind you. So I slouch. Yeah, a good and Canadian. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, I mean, there's I mean that's the uh, the reverse of the incremental, sure. right? Because that's just
1: really bad decisions that right. I've been making for twenty nine years yep. that have finally screwed me over. Sure. Right? Well, and, then, and to that point, that one of the things that I, I say often to patients over and over again is that you know the body's greatest quality is its resiliency. Right? right it can put up with so much stress before it falters right but i'd also argue that it's one of its biggest weaknesses right yeah. because i can yeah. i can have poor postural habits i can have poor nutritional habits i can have poor exercise habits for literally decades and not feel any immediate consequence right i mean everybody knows somebody that has smoked for years and doesn't exercise yeah. Yeah. and doesn't yeah. take care of themselves you don't die in a week of doing that. You could live 50 years like that. And yeah. it's great yeah. that the yeah. human body is that resilient that it can put up with that amount of negative stress. But I'd say that it's part of its weakness is the fact that that person doesn't experience any kind of immediate negative consequence, which would make you say, "Whoa, I better, I better change this, right? Yeah. If every time you slouched, you got, you know, significant pain, sure, pain you'd, or... you'd probably stop slouching pretty yeah. fast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah. the fact that you don't, yeah. and you can sure. go through it for decades, really, yeah, yeah. And then we say, oh, my God, it, you know, when I found it, it was, it was too late. Um, I, I often tell people, that, you know, it, it's, it's probably not bad to feel a little bit of pain every now and then. It's your body's signal of telling you that, hey, something's not fantastic. Um, and again, not to use uh, patient stories all the time, but you know, we had a woman come into the clinic with just excruciating low back pain. Uh, and she swore, she was in probably her late 40s, early 50s, and she swore that she'd never had back pain before. And I believed her. But when we had an x-ray report come back, she had severe arthritis in her low back. Hmm. Well, you don't get that overnight. You get that over years and years and years. Now, she wasn't super active. She wasn't asking her body to do a lot. And in my opinion, it would have been better for her if she had had a little bit of low back pain earlier on to realize that hey, I'm not as strong as I need to be. You know, my exor- I don't have any exercise habits. I think she's a bookkeeper. So again, very sedentary type yeah, lifestyle. Sure, sure. So having a little bit of pain earlier probably would have saved her from this catastrophic pain later. Right. Um, and so, yeah, the little things do add up, both negative and yeah, positive. Sure, sure. The unfortunate thing is your body has such a capacity to deal with the negative stress that unless you're really educated as to what you need to be looking for, um, you, you may pass by a, a significant amount of time with these negative habits that that the, will create and, and tremendous the problems. Exactly, the avalanche down the road. So exactly to your point before, of the little things do make a difference, both both positively yeah. and negatively.
2: Why? Um why chiropractic? Why not a GP? Why not a, um, a specialist? Of probably some? like
1: everybody else, just a, a, a like a I guess a role model or just a positive influence. Mm-hmm. Where uh, you know I was a young football player and started to get a, you know probably to to the benefit got a little bit of low back pain right, right? and right. off a referral of a friend went to go see a chiropractor in Oakville, Doctor Ken DeHaas. If you're out there, I haven't spoken to him in probably you know twenty years, uh, but he was just a great 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 health resource and what I thought chiropractors were um he was a little bit of that i mean the treatment i got was kind of what i expected but his knowledge base was way beyond mm. what i thought he would know about and mm. as a quarterback and a football player he had suggestions on shoulder rehab and the exercise i was doing and yeah, i mean it really just looped me in to say mm. like but that that's exactly what you know i was passionate about and I mean, even when I was in university, I remember being in, like, chemistry. Chemistry was my major because I, I had a good chemistry teacher in high school. Yeah. I liked chemistry. I think sometimes that's how it goes with subjects. Then you get to university, and you're like, actually, no, I just, I liked Miss Messenger. I hate chemistry. Like, yeah. it's, it's yeah. or I don't hate yeah. it, but, you know, I didn't want to sit in a lab for six hours yeah. smelling ammonia. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. my story is a little interesting where, you know, I, I'm at U. you know, buying textbooks for the upcoming semester, and fate kind of intervenes, and you know, beside the organic chemistry textbooks across the hallway, just the way the course codes works, uh, there were textbooks on exercise physiology. And I remember sitting in the library, or sitting in the bookstore, sorry, and just you know, picking up one of these exercise physiology textbooks and reading like two or three chapters, sitting in the bookstore, and then yeah, I've been there, yeah. and like an idiot, you know, putting the textbook back on the shelf, thinking, oh man, that sucks. Why couldn't I study stuff like that? And then picking up the organic chemistry textbook and walking to the to the register to pay for it and the you know, overpriced like, textbook, absolutely. And then uh, and having one of these kind of like you know life changing moments where the girl behind the counter looks at me and says, "How do you want to pay for that?" And I say, "Actually, you know what? I, I, I don't. Can you do? You mind putting it back on the shelf?" And I literally walked out of the bookstore, went to the register's office, and said, "Hey, look, I got to switch programs and, and switched into wow. human kinetics and wow. and started studying so more exercise that, so, physiology." So, so
2: so back to our point about little things and yeah. you know over time, had that been brewing for a while. Oh, probably. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. just I yeah. wasn't happy during the classes. Was the I was doing point. okay. I was yeah. always I mean yeah. I've always you know had pretty good success in school. So you know my grades were fine, but you know I would talk to my you know the tas in the labs and I'm like, hey, man, what do you what are you planning to do with your degree? And, you know, they're like, what do you mean? I'm going to work in a lab. Like, that's the greatest thing ever. And, you know, I, and, hey, you know and this guy, that was that was his thing. And yeah, he was sure. serious, sure. right? And yeah. I looked at it and I was like, this is not right. Like, I mean, he loves this and I don't. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's a problem, yeah. right? Yeah, I just sure. went into it because I was good at it yeah. in high school. I got good marks in high school. Um, so I just, I kept going on it. And yeah. I, I realized that, yeah, like... I mean he, he literally he loves this stuff like he yeah maybe the smell of ammonia this guy's like a di- I don't know but like I knew that at that point like I don't know where not this is taking me. me but it's not taking me where I want to so go so
2: interesting I find that's the fascinating people's direction sure you know? and, and I talk about it in so many of the interviews I've done over the years podcast and non-podcast where you know the Kierkegaard the Danish philosopher you live, you live you live it forward freedom choice responsibility you make those choices you make those you take responsibility but you really don't have any clue until mm. you start looking back sure. and, and connect the dots. Yeah. And, and you come back to this, you know, moment at the bookstore. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. Wow. And just, and, who and, would have known that? right? You know,
1: had I been referred to a different chiropractor, you know, who maybe didn't practice the same way, You know, maybe it would have not really maybe wouldn't resonated with you in a... Because when I went into university, like it was not I was not going into university to become a chiropractor. I just you know happened to meet somebody that changed my mindset. And he would always say when I when I started to explain to him that hey, you know, I'm I'm thinking about going to chiropractic college. You know, he said like, look, you, you define what you are, right? You define what your chiropractic practice becomes. You want to work with golfers? Work with golfers. You want to work with, you don't want to do this, whatever. Like, you're going to define kind of what it is. You don't, you you can't, so that's why I always, I kind of laugh a little bit when people say, should I see a chiropractor for this? Well, it depends who you see, right? I mean, they're they're all, they're all going to be well-intentioned, but they're all going to practice in a slightly different way. Um, And we were talking before about this, you know, like almost, I I, I kind of make the analogy between, you know, the way we practice to like physics Mm -hmm. and the idea of, you know, the theory of everything in physics unifying kind of the way that... uh, you know, chemistry, subparticle physics, relative physics, what, I'm not a physicist, so I'm probably bastardizing those, you know, titles, but, you know, one way of looking at how the universe works, Um, and that's, I guess, kind of how I think of the body, like, you know, do I think, oh, I have to do this because this is what chiropractic is? I mean, obviously, I'm I'm regulated by a college, and I practice within the scope of what I do, but there's a lot of, you know, I work with a a physiotherapist here in my clinic, I have massage therapists here in my clinic, and when we talk to each other, like, I, I mean, it's, we're all speaking the same language, sure. right? Yep. You know, we kind yep. of mutually agree that, you know, there's kind of one way that the body is supposed to work. And there, you know, there's kind of one path that we have to take to, you know, fix each patient that comes in. You need to be strong in certain areas. You need to be stable and mobile in certain areas. Your joints have to move in a certain way. And so whatever, you know, we try to assess, hey, what's your body doing well? Let's make sure we maintain that. What's your body not doing well? And then what interventions do we have to do to, to, to fix that? And, you know, it doesn't have to be pigeonholed into, is this chiropractic? Is this physiotherapy? Is this massage therapy? It's like, this is what's in your yeah, best what, interest, right, and this what is what you do.
2: It. Have you, so th- I would imagine, uh, you know, like there are certain medicines for certain illnesses and so on, and certain treatments for certain things. Are there kind of it's kind of generic things that you do? You know, oh gee, I got neck pain, or I got a ankle pain. I mean, you, you know, there's a certain type of massage, or there's sure. a certain exercise, and a certain stretch. And I, what I'm getting to is the anomalies. Right. Those ones that have, that have really, really been conundrums well, for you sure. guys. And, yeah, and, and,
1: that's, and that's where we'll always say that. I, I, I find that I am most comfortable dealing with functional problems, uh, which I would say are, are probably 90% of what What North does that Americans mean? Like a phys-
2: physical problem? Functional? So, I mean,
1: the way I would describe it is, you know, someone gets knee pain and they go to their family doctor and they get an x-ray done, but the x-ray comes back normal. And then maybe they get an MRI done, and the MRI comes back normal. And they say, there's actually nothing wrong with your knee. Right. But the patient's saying, well, I beg to differ. I but have a lot of knee pain. To suggest otherwise. Right, yeah, yeah. my knee hurts. Yeah. So we would say, well, there's nothing structurally wrong with your knee. But you're getting knee pain for a reason, and that reason may not be your knee. That may be your hips are really tight, and so now your knee is trying to compensate right, for the hips. Right, and right. So it's a difference between a structural lesion and a functional problem. Um, And so, yeah, you'll find people, I mean, I've been having a lot of conversations with people lately about an article I wrote for our newsletter about, you know, whether people should or should not take anti-inflammatory medication. Um, And I think most people that take anti-inflammatories are actually doing themselves a disservice. Now, I'll preface that by saying, if you have an actual physical condition where your body's inflammatory cycle is, is off. Like it's just out and your like, body like rheumatoid. Arthritis, sure. If your body creates yeah. inflammation for reasons like outside of what the body is supposed to do, then yeah, there may be some pharmaceutical intervention that you have to undertake to, to fix that. Sure. Maybe. Yep. Yep. Um, but for the person that just gets headaches or, you know, they just get, you know, on and off, you know, low back pain and whatever, I can't stand the commercials that show, you know, a golfer that says, Well, I just take two Advil before I play my round of golf and I'm pain free. That's probably the worst thing that you can do, right? And right. so when we talk about, hey, you know, is there a certain type of massage for neck pain or whatever? I mean, I'd love to see people start preventing the stuff that they get because 95% of the stuff that we see coming to the clinic is preventable, right? Hmm. And it's, it's wow. again, most people just That's don't take, they just don't take good care, care of their body. Yeah. I'm saying 95, I don't, you know, do I have the numbers to support that? No, I'm no just, I know what you mean. But I could yeah. paint almost everybody with the same brush that walks into the clinic. And, you know, when people ask about massage or chiropractic adjustments or whatnot, you know, I'll always say that the, the hands-on intervention that someone, you know, cr- provides to a patient so the massages that you get at the clinic or the adjustments that we do you know i'll make the analogy to that's like going to your dentist right i go to see my dentist and the hygienist is going to scrape away the tartar and there's going to be kind of a more thorough cleaning of my teeth but what far outweighs what the the hygienist does is the fact that i brush and floss my teeth every day right right and so we say that we and and that's a given and in north america we're we're
2: back to the little things
1: exactly right and and oh absolutely and in north america i mean most people it's you would never think about going throughout a day without brushing your teeth. I yeah, mean, it's just, yeah, it's not even, yeah, you don't even yeah, think about it. Yeah. But we will absolutely trash our muscles like sitting in the car all day long, sitting in front of the computer all day long. Yeah. So, so yeah, so so we were talking a little bit about about the preventative
2: side right. of, of yeah, what you we all do to, or what we don't do.
1: Right, is there a certain kind of massage for neck pain yeah, or back yeah. pain or whatever? But like I said, yeah, the prevention part of it is is way more important. Um, and yeah, we made the analogy to, you know i i'll go to see a, a dental hygienist a couple of times a year but way more important than that is the small things it's yes. the fact that i brush my teeth and floss my teeth every day if you didn't the hygienist would absolutely ream you out right if you right. if you said right. oh but I, I come in every six months for my cleaning they'd say are, are you insane like you have to be brushing your teeth yes. and flossing your teeth every day like you can't rely on just yes. two hygienist appointments a year and, uh, and and i would make the same analogy to the rest of our body right like it would, no one would even think about going through an entire day without brushing their teeth but we'll go days, weeks, months without doing something to clean up all the postural garbage that we subject our body to. Like we even just took our break now. Hey, yes, we had a half yeah, hour. Yeah, we had to stand yeah, up and, yeah. and move around for a couple of seconds because we've been sitting for for uh, you know a, a shockingly quick you know thirty yeah, minutes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's that that prevention piece is so important because if we if we just rely on when I'm sore, it, not to say that it's too late, but we're, like we're missing the point, right? And that's why we try to try to educate people on. You know how their body should move like you should be symmetrical right if we try to reach you know our arms behind our back to see hey can I touch my fingers together whether you can touch your fingers together is not important but whatever I do on the left side I should be able to do on the right side right. and I'd say most people that work in an office setting they can't they're very asymmetrical and we also end up with this another thing that we talk about with patients a lot is the difference between normal and common Hmm. Right? And so when we hmm. talk to certain people, they'll, they'll say that, well, you know, I, I get normal headaches at the end of the day. Normal headaches don't exist. That's, there's no such thing as a normal headache. It may be very common for people to get headaches at the end of the day, but it's, it's not normal. And uh, a patient that uh, I just had come in recently was, you know, again, very fit person, fitness instructor. Um, but we had kind of a big philosophical discussion where, you know, she teaches fitness classes three, four times a week and works out, you know, herself on top of that. And uh, when she came in for you know an issue with her foot, and I asked her about okay, how about your ankles, knees, hips, back? Uh, her comment to me was, well, you know, when when you're as active as we are and you work out as much as we do, I mean, you know, everything hurts a little bit, and it it really set me back to say what like that? Uh, that's the exact opposite. It shouldn't be like that. Like the more physically active you are, the the better you take care of yourself. Like you should be bulletproof. You should be pain free. Just like we said before, the body is an amazing, amazing mm-hmm, thing, mm-hmm. and you should have a huge capacity to move and, and do whatever you want. Play golf, dance, you know, lift weights, whatever, garden, you know, sit and read, whatever it is. You should be able to do that pain free. And while it's very common for people to, to have aches and pains, it, it's not normal. And it's that preventative piece of, you know, what do I have to do on a daily basis? And it's not, it's not lifestyle crushing. I'm not saying you mm-hmm, have to, mm-hmm. when I use that example of somebody that works out an hour a day, seven days a week, it doesn't have to be that. We're talking about if you're well educated on what your body's weak points are, and most people are not, most people don't know what their weak link is, but if you know what your weak link is, it may take as little as five minutes a day to clean up a lot of the dysfunction that you have so that you can work a full day without getting a headache, or, you know, play a, a, a game of squash without feeling like your knee is going to fall off. Or This book, eh.
2: this book I'm reading on, uh, or book I read on Buddhism for busy people, Sure, cracks me up again, just rolling yeah. the title off my tongue, but he talked about the idea how he didn't find that uh, meditating for, at the first and focusing on his breathing really did much of anything, but <clears throat> he was able to refer back to it mm-hmm. in situations that became high stress, or, sure. you know, and it's just, again, it's that incremental thing that, wow, that... Wow, I could, and and then actually with him, you know, reminiscing about his meditation earlier that morning. Mm-hmm. Well, I did my fifteen minutes. How come it's not helping me now? Right? right. I want to kill this guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah But yeah. he would
2: reflect back on the actual, almost go back to that setting. Sure. And find himself sort of focusing on his breathing. And so it, I mean, it just it's such a, be- a beautiful lesson to me of the connections of the prevention. Yeah. Right. Because it it wasn't immediate. Right. right, it's like flossing, like sure. you're saying about going to the dentist. You don't, yeah. you don't. Fl- I mean, I, I floss now. Right, I didn't for years. Yeah, and I would floss three days before sure. and my teeth yeah, would yeah, still bleed, right? you know, or the probably, gums would
1: bleed. Sure, and then you I mean, go oh my and God, you know, I'm going to see the, I'm going to see the <laughs> dentist soon. That's right, but to so that point, Well, And to yeah. that point, that's why I think p- not enough people understand the importance of, you know, that accountability factor right like right. you knew you were going to see that hygienist and so left to your own devices you may never have started flossing that's right but yeah. you didn't want to walk in there and have to look at her and say yeah you're right and sorry like, you know yeah. i haven't flossed once since our last cleaning that's like, it's, right. it's, it's somewhat embarrassing whatever yeah. it's a, sure you, you've got that accountability factor and that's and that's why i think the the value of you know having somebody like when we, we interact with patients like i have patients that you know, they do a lot of their their own care, self-care. They know now how to foam roll and they know what exercises they need to do. But the ones that get the best results, they still have a future appointment with me. And it, it might be two months from now, it might be what you know, whatever. Everyone's a little different in terms of their scheduling. But you know, we keep that accountability to them so that, yeah, if they start falling off from doing the exercise, they know that, oh, wait a minute, I'm seeing yeah, I'm seeing Jason yeah. like yeah, you know, in, yeah. in, a, in yeah. a week in two weeks. Yeah. Like if I don't yeah. start doing this, like sure. it becomes real obvious. Who stays on top of the maintenance and who doesn't. And again, like we try to keep it simple because yeah, it, it can't I can't tell you that, okay, you need to be doing three hours of exercise right. a day. Yeah. Like that's just, just not that's not happen. realistic, yeah. right? Yeah. But again, if we can find out what our weak links are, know what the bare minimum is. Hey, look, this is you know, the bare minimum stuff you need to do. And it may take five minutes. If we can do that, well, now we start to see, yeah, the small things start to add up and make huge changes down the road. And yeah. then if that blossoms to someone where you know, now instead of just doing five minutes a day of some simple maintenance work, they start doing a little more exercise, watching what they eat a little more, it starts to blossom into bigger things. Yeah, yeah. Well then, now you're a totally different person. Yeah. Now, sure. now you can, yeah. you can do yeah. anything. Yeah. Right. But it's that awareness and that understanding that, you know, we we'll go back to, we didn't really discuss this a lot, but that idea of you know, what is being healthy, right? Yeah, and is yeah, it yeah. that, hey, I'm not sick, therefore I'm healthy. Yeah. Like that—that—that's a really low bar to set, and I think people should try to constantly raise that bar. To your body's amazing, and you shortchange yourself if you think that you can't do things. And I—I I had a woman in this morning, and I—I I, I complimented her when I first met her. I—I kind of prejudged her a little bit. She came in with a like kind of a, a list of things like my wrists bother me my shoulders my back my knees right. you know I've tried doing exercise but you know the person I was doing it they pushed me too hard it didn't work so you know there's kind of a red flag going off in my mind that I'm like ah you know what this person's probably not going to do the things that I need her to do right to get better it sounds like not to sound mean but it sounds like she's already started to make excuses about why she doesn't want to exercise and doesn't want to do these things and you know every session I would I would ask her, I would show her, demonstrate an exercise, here's what we're going to do next, and it, it's all, you know, based on her abilities, her, I'm not going to throw her something that she can't handle, but she would look at some of them and say, I don't think I can do that, and I would look at her, I'm like, I know that you can, I wouldn't ask you to do it if you, if you couldn't, and to her credit, she's done everything I want, and today when she came in, she's like, yeah, you know, I, I, f- I feel fantastic, Right. and I told her, I'm like, you know what, I, you've done way better than i thought you would do because i thought you would balk at some of this stuff but and i said cuz i think you sell yourself short i think right. you're you're stronger I mean, than you yeah, think you most, are most of us most most people do there's you're stronger than you think you are you're you're better than you think you are in terms of what you can do and i'll use an example this is kind of like a third party story but a friend of mine went to go see uh, Dr. Stuart McGill give a lecture and Stuart McGill he he teaches at Waterloo he's probably widely recognized as one of the world's most authority figures on low back pain, preventing low back pain, treating it with exercise and how to fix the body by getting stronger and core strength, which is a big buzzword in fitness. And uh, the friend of mine that went to go see this particular, uh, whether it was a conference or whatever, a presentation, uh, Dr. McGill brought somebody up, a young fit individual, and asked him to demonstrate an exercise. And the the young guy had uh, some pretty, he was challenged by it. It was really hard for him to do. And Dr. McGill, who was significantly older than this individual, demonstrated it for him and, and was able to do it easily. And apparently, the audience started to like stand up and applaud him. Right. To which he turned and he kind of, I don't want to say he blasted them, but he said, whoa, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, why are you clapping? Like, that's not impressive, right? Like, you should be able to do that, right?" And and again, we have that bar set for health and fitness so low that somebody sees someone do a, a certain kind of physical act and like, "Wow, that was amazing." And there are things that are amazing, right? You watch Usain Bolt run the 100 meters, that's amazing. But when we demonstrate certain stretches for, and exercises for people and they say, wow, that's amazing, no, no it's not. That, right. that's, that's what right. your body should right. be able to do. And I know that you can do that, maybe not right now, but I know your body has the capacity to do so, it. So
2: is the, before we wrap up, I sure. wanna ask you about your passion for the work that you do, but, but um, is the
1: body lazy or is the mind lazy? or the, is it or is it not either or is it a the body's efficient right and sometimes that allows us to be lazy right and so i will go back to i date myself but we'll, we'll think of uh, an episode of cheers right i think Norm's sitting at the end of the bar and you know they said norm aren't you supposed to be painting that uh, you know that right. room or whatever and he goes oh you know i bought this this fancy automatic paint sprayer and uh, so you know what i i i don't have to start that job for another like 5 or 6 hours and somebody i don't know if it's carla or whatever it doesn't matter but somebody else in the cheers cast says So, so the paint sprayer, you know, was invented, you know, by somebody so that they could, you know, get more work done. But you're going to use it to, you know, like put the work off so that you can do it at the last possible minute, (laughs) right? You could drink more beer. You could drink more beer, exactly. Sit at the end of the bar. And uh, and again, like our bodies are remarkably efficient. Our body's going to do whatever burns the least amount of energy because we want to conserve. The body only cares about being efficient and kind of how it works. Um, the unfortunate thing is that allows us to get pretty lazy with some of the stuff that we do. So I won't say the body's lazy, but I'll say in its efficiency, um, we can get pretty lazy. So when we try to tell someone who has low back pain that you know you don't you don't bend over very well you're trying to pick up your laptop bag and, and you you make bad decisions trying to bend over and pick that up or you squat poorly or you you walk up and down the stairs poorly um, that's not a conscious decision they've made. Their body has just, gone to uh you know whatever the, the path of least resistance yeah, they had yeah. weak hips so I'm they lean about. on their knees right they they they, they their, their core strength's not there so they they literally put pressure on the soft tissues or, or the passive structures of their back and again to the body's resiliency you can get away with that for, for a, a really long time, long time. Yeah, you sure. can compensate through sure. it until you can't and the unfortunate thing is, sometimes there's no there's no warning light that comes on. Well, like our, and
2: everybody's breaking point is is going to be different, right? Absolutely. It just depends on so many. I mean, maybe that's where genetics comes into play sure. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Knows, I mean, some right, people are but... going to
1: have a more uh, a greater capacity to yeah. deal with the stress yeah. that we impose on ourselves, um, to the good and to the bad. Yeah. Right? It's great that you've got that capacity to compensate, but if it means that we now are unaware of what our weak link is or the stress that we're putting on our body, so we allow it now to fester for years. Um, that's not great.
2: So, so we got to wrap up. Sure. Um, tell me, uh, if you don't mind, a little bit about. I mean, it seems like you're pretty keen on what you do. You love what you do. Sure. And, I mean, you're a doctor. You're helping people live well. You're helping people make better, hopefully, decisions, etc. Mm-hmm. Is that st- is that the driving factor for you? Would you say? What is it that first? Sure, yeah, so yeah. I mean, what I, gets
1: you out of bed in the morning, in a sense, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I've always been, an, you know, an active person. You know, love playing sports, love moving around. I guess I always knew that. Well, I, I didn't always know, but I, I'm I'm grateful that you know what I do every day is, it's what I do even if I you know, if I become a banker, right? When I finish work, I'd probably make sure I head to the gym and I'd be playing sports and I, I just whatever. I had this innate curiosity about you know how the body moved, and the the older I got, I mean to be honest, a lot of my practice is selfish, right? A lot of it is you know I learn this stuff to to help me. I want to hit a right. golf ball further. You know, I want to be able right. to deadlift more weight. I want to be faster. I want to be more explosive. And learning how the body moves more efficiently and, and how I can become stronger and, be, and move better and, and just be a healthier individual. And I put that, I put that bar on uh, of what healthy is. Like, it's really, really, really high. Because, you know, do I think I'm there? I don't think I'm there. Right. But I have patients that say, oh, but you, you do all this stuff. Look, I mean, I'm fortunate that, yeah, I don't sit in front of a computer all day. Uh, people say, oh, you're lucky. It's not luck. Because I, I brought myself here, right? right. I, I didn't fall right. into being, right. you know, right. like this, or I didn't fall into this environment. I, I put myself here, yeah. um, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's who I am. I, I don't know any different. It, it was always there, and I, I don't know. I, I don't know what, what right. started it, right. but I can't right. imagine doing anything differently because. You know, when people, I meet people socially outside of the clinic and they ask me, they, they say, oh, you know, you must hate this or whatever, but I'm going to ask you, can I ask you a question about my back or right. whatever? And people say you must the hate party that. party
2: chiropractic question.
1: Yeah. They must say, oh, you must hate that. I, I don't. The, right. What you have to understand is if you ask me a question, just like in this interview, if you ask me a question, how much time do you have for me to answer? Right. Because right. you're going to have well, a hard time, you're going to have a hard time shutting me up.
2: Well, what's cool about that is I think that, that it shows sort of, uh, I think, the mystery I think it, it speaks to the complexity of the body. Sure. The beauty of the body, yeah. right? Because you're... And, and it's it's a complex, mysterious, wonderful problem. Yeah. Right? In yeah. many cases... And we'll probably never solve machine, it. We're yeah. never going to... I mean, there's so many wonderful things we've touched on today. Honestly, we really have. Again, barely scratching the surface is going to become my new tagline sure for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. There we'll, you go. we'll print up some t-shirts exactly maybe next barely year 20, barely scratching the surface yeah, yeah. with david peck yeah. <laughs> awesome i
1: sure, you know what i'm sure there's definitely <laughs> right. a, a tm in there.
2: and listen i love yeah. sitting is the new smoking sure I mean, that's yeah and like i said unusual. i'll love to take
1: credit for that yeah. but i know i know that came that predates oh, me so I'm that's not gonna fantastic say that was, uh... that's so
2: funny listen thank you so much i've had a blast and i think there's a lot of really really helpful stuff here and uh and, and maybe we'll do uh, part two in the future. Uh, yeah, I'd love yeah. to, yeah, Jason. Yeah, so, listen, uh, what do we got here? We've got uh, Physiomed. Yeah. Uh, Physiomed, as it sounds. Physiomed yeah. Oakville, yeah. We have yeah, our Oakville. websites.
1: Physiomed.ca. .ca. There's a group of clinics yeah. throughout the GTA um, and in Canada. Jason's
2: also got a bunch of videos on uh, uh, Vimeo. Vimeo. Yeah. Uh, check
1: them out there uh, if you search his yeah, name. Yeah, if you just Google my name, you'll probably find and, some um, titleless Golf stuff, and then you'll probably find a Vimeo page. It's just got all kinds of different stretching clips, exercise clips. And the truth clips, about your
2: scratch golfing
1: not a scratch golfer okay. i would love to right. you know what hey when we do part two of this i would love to say when we do part two that i'm a scratch golfer okay. But uh, i got Maybe. a little ways to go right okay. now I'm kind of hanging out around cool. at nine but uh, all right if i could get down to scratch that would be uh that nice. would be fantastic thanks. well thanks a lot and uh we'll we'll uh we'll do it again for sure thank you very much